0: Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with a vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now let's Manifest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Less Manifest. Today, I'm spending the next half hour or so talking with a dog mom of three, Words with Friends aficionado, and a woman with a hunger and passion for purpose and serving others in their professional and personal journey. Welcome to Les Feast, Candice. Is there
1: anything that I missed? No, Kim. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm glad that you're going to be spending time with us. And, you know, Candace, one of the things our listeners know by now to expect every episode is a quick game of this or that. And that's just a way for me to get our guests to share a little bit of fun things before we get into deep conversation. So are you ready? Yes, ready. You are. The only rule to this game is no thinking allowed. And because I know you are a woman who usually has to think a lot for work, this is where you get a break.
1: <laughs> Love, I'm, excited. I'm all, all in already, Kim. I'm
0: already in then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no thinking, sign me up. That's Perfect. Right. That's right.
0: All right. Well, we're gonna start with the first one. Solo
1: trip or group trip? Oh boy. <laughs> um group trip. You said no thinking. Um group trip. All right. Pepsi or Coke? Coke.
0: Cable or smart TV? (laughs)
1: That's tricky. I'm going to say smart TV since we're firing cable on Monday. Oh, you see? (laughs) (laughs) What about
0: morning or evening? Evening. Singing or dancing? Dancing. Love or money? Love. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like no doubt about it, right? No doubt about it. Superman or Batman? Batman. T-shirts I'm, or sweaters? I'm thinking of it. Or stop, Kim. Uh, T-shirts <laughs> t- 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 all day. T-shirts. Yeah. And then the last one: mentor or coach?
1: Ah, toughy. Um, <laughs> wow. Both are necessary. I think I pull on mentors the most for me. Yeah. All right. See, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. Well, well, (laughs) I think the real challenge, Kim, was not to think. (laughs) Exactly. That is always
0: the challenge. The challenge is not to think right? because we're programmed to be people that are constantly thinking, right? So that's why it's a cool way for us to not have to do something that we're so programmed to do. Exactly. Oh man, I gotta love it. And Candace, you have over 25 years of experience in human resources and senior executives leadership and a lot of other things, including mentoring and coaching. Yes. And your past roles include associate administrative. Wait, associate administrator, right? Correct. Chief Opa- Chief Operations Officer and more. You you have a lot of titles that you've held in your career. Yes. and I'm yeah. just thinking about it, I'm like, one, w- when did you find the time to sleep? That's one. And then two,
1: what actually keeps you moving forward? Uh, let's see. I probably didn't sleep the first <laughs> <laughs> the first 12, 12 years of my career. I'll say I was not married at the time, and well, I was married to my career, but I loved that balance if you wanted to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, so not much time to sleep, a lot of learning and transitioning, which was an exciting time in my life. And, uh, forgive me, Kim, what was the second part of the question?
0: I was asking you, what keeps you pushing forward? Because having done all of this, you think that some people would be like, you know what? I'm done here.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I know it sounds super cheesy, but mm-hmm. Literally, the gaps I've identified with small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals literally is what kind of is the gas in my engine every day, Mm -hmm. just helping Mm -hmm. people work through things that they may or may not see. Wow. Well, would you say
0: you always knew that helping motivate individuals, advance their careers or increase compensation or improve their self-confidence was always your dream job, or did you kind of just fall into it?
1: I, I believe I fell, in, I fell into doing that specifically, but when I maybe mid-career, I can recall saying to a couple people, oh, I really love training and developing people, mm-hmm. and this really started mm-hmm. to look at uh, what that looked like in my own personal fulfillment is watching people either hone what, you know, I shared or taught or mentored them through and seeing them advance and so forth. And that would actually give me a personal sense of fulfillment that I had Mm -hmm. some leveling contribution in someone getting to the next step or place or goal. Um, So maybe late 1990s, I thought, huh, I'm not, had no idea where it might go, but I was clear then that it was something that brought me personal and professional joy.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: And I
0: know that you were a recruiter at one point as well, but your recruiting is more of a, I would say, a specialization because you're recruiting physicians. Yes. Which many people wouldn't even think that this was really a job that they could pursue, right? That's right. So how did you become a recruiter and how did you fall into that specific role?
1: So I'll, I'll try and be brief. I started. <laughs> <laughs> I started in the nurse recruitment or um, nursing aspect of healthcare for at the beginning of my career, and then my company at the time relocated me to New York City, where my then fiance now husband lived, because we had a little bit of uh, the upstate market and we wanted to branch out further there. And as soon as maybe six weeks after I relocated to New York city, about 60% of the recruitment force was recruited away by the competition. And, oh Wow. Yeah. And I had a decision to make, you know, either go back, which my plan was to stay a year and then we would go back together to California or just put on wings and use what I taught other people to advance for myself. Uh, And that's what I chose to do, and the firm that I chose to work for was actually going to acquire the firm that I was leaving um, years prior. So when I Mm -hmm. came across the position, I knew a lot about the company, probably a lot more than people that worked there, um, (laughs) because I was on the leadership team for my organization. We had gone through the due diligence and that sort of thing. So um, that's where the interest came from, because I, I knew about the organization, I believed in the mission, and we were actually going to move into the physician recruitment space. Um, the, the deal fell apart, but that was the goal. So I thought, you know, this would be a great kind of next step to add to my cache of experience, if you will. So it was large. it was due to my move to the East Coast at the time. Gotcha, got you mm-hmm. got you and this is a perfect story
0: of learning to pivot yes right absolutely and just being being open and flexible and we see what's going on currently and it's been a rocky year you know like people have had to rethink career choices or mm-hmm. even some people have decided to pursue higher education because what they expected out of a career hasn't been happening for them. And some people have outright been laid off, sadly, right? Correct. But I think that this year is showing us that we have to learn how to be flexible and just be open to opportunities, regardless of what our plan may be. Be open because you just never know where the next opportunity is gonna come from. It could be the competitor. (laughs)
1: Absolutely, you never know the strangest. The strangest connections can happen, you know, as a result of this. What I call 2020's uh, one big plot twist, right? Right, right, (laughs) absolutely. It's true. It's so true.
0: And as we talk about, you know, change and things of that nature, let's talk about things professionals could be doing better. You know, right now, like I said, there's some people that have to pivot. They have to reconsider what they're doing. Some people are in positions where they are taking lateral moves just because they don't want to be out of a job. So they're like, you know what, instead of quitting, if this is presented, I'm going to take it. But what are some of the things that you would advise people to do in their current roles that they probably hadn't thought about doing if they want to keep their job?
1: Great question, Kim. What comes, uh, and I've had this question before, and what kind of rises to the top for me is in this post-COVID reality that all organizations across every industry is really going to be taking a hardline look at efficiencies and mm-hmm. performance and running as lean as possible, and you know, scaling and maximizing profit. So, what's the biggest cost to any organization is the payroll, right? <laughs> so my counsel to professionals is to really look at where you're efficient, where you are efficient, uh, be very clear about your areas of expertise, um, who you are and what you contribute in the value that you bring to the organization. Because not only do you want to be able to articulate that, you want to be able to clearly discuss what you demonstrate, I'm sorry, um, socialize what you demonstrate, uh, which ties right into, you know, heaven forbid if you have to pivot Uh, lateral lateral move where they could potentially ask you to take on some additional skills that are not quite within your professional scope or pay grade, if you will. Right. But you're being asked to, you know, this is, this is kind of where we are. We're down to a, a streamlined staff. So um, that is my counsel to professionals to really, really drill down and understand their strengths, be intentional about their, Um, conversations with leaders. You know, some people have one-on-one, some people do not. I understand, understand that. But I am a big supporter of, you know, getting in front of the leader, be it email or monthly meeting. What am I doing well? What could be different? What are my blind spots? And just really demonstrating your value in functioning more as a business partner, as opposed Mm -hmm. to someone on the payroll who begins to feel insecure about whether or not they're going to remain employed. Because that's an easy right. thing to
0: think too. Right. It is. It is. And I've been seeing where people you know, are doing work just to kind of just do work, right? Mm-hmm. They think that that's the way to stay employed. And the reality is I think exactly what you're saying is what's happening where people have to make sure key stakeholders are aware of what's happening, making sure they get that executive buy-in and support. And if you're just doing work to do work, that's not what they want to see. They want to see valuable work. Like, how is this really going to move the needle for the business? Absolutely. You can't really answer that. That's when it becomes becomes a little bit more of a different conversation. So, yeah. Absolutely.
1: And we're going to Mm -hmm. see more of that, Kim, whether they socialize that verbally or not. At the end of the day, that's what's happening at the top level, right? Right. You know, so absolutely. So that's a way to remain proactive and maintain your your professional health, because this could be stressful otherwise. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. There's so many people that
0: are stressed out and they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They're just in their opinion or in their minds, I would rather say they're just doing what they feel needs to be done to keep a job You know, on the table, if you will. Correct. But the, the reality is that the people that are making the decisions, those are the people that are looking at how can they really, pre, well, not even pre, but post pandemic, how can they really have a thriving workforce? Absolutely. You know, and mm-hmm. the thriving workforce is going to be built up of people that are being flexible, people that are, you know, saying yes to the jobs that they did not sign up for, people that are learning the new skill sets, people that are being more collaborative across um, teams and, you know, being more, I would say, even forthcoming with the fact that they need help even, yes. you know, like being transparent. I think those are the people that the executive decision makers are going to be looking for because you know we're in a space where I, I personally believe remote work is going to become more prevalent yes in the next couple of years I would than we have ever known it to be. Mm-hmm. And the trust has to be there. So transparency is key. Absolutely. And they don't just want to know that, you know, you turn on your laptop and basically, you know, you just check a few emails here and there, but you you are "Quote unquote online," they want to know that you're actually doing something, that you're asking for for new projects, or you know you're finding ways to be more efficient, whether it's organization or um, depending on your role, whatever that may look like. You have to know what efficiency would be. You know, I can't tell anyone what that looks like for them, but I know that for the people that are in project management asking for her new projects is really going to keep you relevant at Absolutely. this point because there's so much to do and people are looking for those to help them. But if you don't raise your hand,
1: they won't know. Absolutely, Kim. And I think you literally clicked on all cylinders there where professionals need to you know, assert yourself as the subject matter expert or if there's something you're mm-hmm. really passionate about and you, you have the experience or you volunteered or you've talked about it now. You know, leaders are right to hear, you know, where you're available, where you're able to pivot and flex as you just shared in, from my own personal story and not necessarily COVID motivated, but diversity and inclusion and belonging is, you know, a huge topic now, uh, more so than ever, right? Just due to our current climate. So in my case, I volunteered to be the kind of culture champion for our division. Mm -hmm. Which obviously helps me as a professional, but then I'm also to I'm also able to serve my division and bring in speakers and information. But again, the point there is demonstrating my value in a different way, right? Right. So I bring right. this this particular layer or value um, to our team. So yeah, if, if we had to summarize it, efficiency is going to be everything. And to your point, we're absolutely moving towards a more remote environment. As companies, you know, terminate leases and get mm-hmm. rid of big, big box building, build buildings, you know, teams have been deployed home six, seven months and they're going, well, wait a second. You know, come back for what? Our workers' comp right. costs have decreased. We don't need this right. real estate. We can set up a home office. So absolutely. And you said something so key that trust, trust and reliability is going to be key on those people that. Um, get those roles and remain in those roles. You know, we, we don't have a crystal ball, but you get my point. Um, right. To remain right. in those roles on the long term that you've demonstrated that you're a trustworthy business partner that does what they say they're going to do. And you bring your own special sauce to the company, the division or the or the team. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And I think this is a time for everyone to really take Inventory of exactly what contributes to their special sauce because yes, yes. I think you know, a lot of people were able to kind of slide under the radar, you know, before and now it's like, well, what sets you apart from everyone else? And you have to really kind of some people have to go a little longer than others, but we all have to think about it like, okay, so you know, in your instance, you were able to see the need and you're like, you know, I'm going to be that person that volunteers to do this to promote the importance of diversity inclusion and belonging and there goes that secret sauce right Mm -hmm. stepping in and being able to see the need and acting as a solutions
1: oriented thinker exactly exactly other Mm -hmm. people yeah they may not have done it but hmm? i'm chuckling listening to you because i literally said some of these same things to a colleague of mine a couple days ago we were having a conversation and basically this is your time to flex Right. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> you know, all of the likes. interests in, in special projects and thing, things that you've done. This is the time to, oh, by the way, would we be able to do this or demonstrate how it either saves money or streamlines processes? This is really the time to take Like people are watching. They're listening, mm-hmm. they're interested. They're listening. Um, right. but I'm finding that a lot of professionals are fear-based, and I get it, I'm not a perfect person either, Kim. But it makes me sad because when you're fear-based, that means that you're operating from scarcity. Mm. You won't be able to, you know, walk in your full purpose and use all of your gifts and talents because I'm so afraid that I'm going to be asked, shown the door. If right. You will.
0: right. So yeah. Right. And we need to demystify those things because you'd be surprised that when you do step out of faith and into it, instead of living in fear, you actually may not only empower someone else, but you may actually also inspire someone to do something like keep you on board because now they're saying, I had no idea, thanks for introducing me to this. So. Yeah, I agree. We need to starve those fears yes. and really, you know, step out more into being confident in doing things that may be a little uncomfortable, but that yes. may prove to be valuable.
1: And I think, Kim, it's an unlearning. And that's probably the biggest challenge of, unlearning, of it all. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not mm-hmm. simply turning it off like you have a um, remote control, it's literally. Right terminating the way that you thought and restarting which mm-hmm. is a whole mm-hmm. you know whole different process but i believe that's where we are and that's what it's going to take in this new reality um for people to maintain their own professional self-care
0: yes yeah which is important which is so important and listeners if you have not realized this i know it's in the show notes but candace is a career coach as well, which is why you're getting so many of these gems. And Candace, I wanted to ask you, you know, what are the challenges you face as a career coach? Because there are so many people that are popping up with these titles and we see it on social media. We see it, you know, in our in our feeds and things like that. Everybody is hashtag career coach. What are some of the challenges you face as a coach that has seen it I would say seen it all, been through it all, right? Yes. <laughs> what is some of the what are some of the, the things you're seeing, but more so the challenges that you're you're seeing, especially knowing that you have intel that you you want to be able to share, but you want people to know that there's value in still working with a career coach as opposed to just pulling and bookmarking nuggets on social media.
1: I love that. I love it, Kim, permission to speak freely? Yes. Okay. Two two of the top key drivers are empowering people to understand that professional development is a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that over the course of my 25-year career, and I've spoken with a couple colleagues just to temperature check and make sure I'm not living on my own Gilligan's Island and things are different everywhere else, that for the majority, where you see intentionality around professional development, is Caucasian male and above six figures. So Ow. part of the part of uh, going back to what wakes me up in the morning is mission based, and working to debunk that. Mm-hmm. That um, we used to live in a time where professionals, whether people look at them as themselves as a professional or not, that you would simply advance based on tenure. Well, by and large, those days are gone. Right. Gone, you know. And then there's a segment of, it's about who you know. Well, that's pretty slim now too, is what you know. Right. So um, just really empowering or inspiring people to be intentional about their goals. I spoke with a client today, oh, I want to do this. So one of the ways, just quick way I challenge people is I ask matter of fact questions that I know the answer is probably going to be no to. So I intentionally <laughs> said, for example, when's the last time you met with your mentor? And I got silence, but you know, I want to be in leadership. Well, okay, what type of leadership skills do you believe that you have? And how have you honed those? Have you looked at any job description? So again, Just those are some intentional things. And there are lots of professionals that, for example, don't understand the difference between total compensation, cash compensation, and non-cash compensation, or that negotiation of compensation is a thing. You know, you need to go in with your information. So I think those are the two, those are the two majors It's really, really um, educating a wider audience of people who need the help in making it available um, to develop in advance. So for example, if someone said, I need a resume, then with love, I would encourage them to find a resume service, because this is kind of, (laughs) this is the whole pizza pie and not a slice, and that is with no disrespect to the resume gurus. I do have a portion of that in my program, but that's just one element, because if I just help you um, position yourself to get a job that's what we've done. you didn't develop you got a job right and there's a dif- right. and there's a difference. so um, so those are the two things those are the two things to just you know really help people to understand what's possible but you know they they have to put some sweat equity into the game as well to actually move forward and move forward in a confident way
0: totally so the onus is on the person that is reaching out it's not fully on you to just give them all these tips tricks and resources they have to actually
1: do the work correct correct um and and kim i need to share that for many years i served for free 99 um wow because i love to do it it's just my Mm -hmm. heart to help people but what i have found and i can no longer ignore is when, when people are challenged with having a level of investment and you can look at that word any way you want in their development, then they're more participatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm also a homework coach as well, right? So just not watch a video and you feel great today and we'll, we'll see you next time. It's a right. little bit more tangible than that.
0: Right. And you know, this is the other thing too, right? Like, Remember the movie, what was it? Jerry Maguire when he said, show me the money. Yes, I yes. think that what a lot of people are realizing is if they're going to be spending money, they're like, show me the results. Exactly. Because exactly. they want to actually know that every dime is being well spent. And that goes back to the whole, you have to put in what you're going to essentially get out. Correct. So, Yeah, you can't just... And again, there's nothing wrong with... You know, finding certain things online But I do think that there comes a time Where you have to say, you know what I need more substance Correct. And I'm going to have to invest
1: Correct And I did that in my yeah. own business, Kim For example, I had mm-hmm. the, you know Business acumen having run to Multi-million dollar companies before So I knew how to run a business What I didn't understand um, Is the online space You know, what mediums mm-hmm. to use Where are people hanging out Which products synchronize with others? So those pieces I didn't know and just super naive about the virtual space. So I started looking on YouTube and buying a course here or there. And I said, no, no, no. This is not going to get me where I want to be. I need to find a coach that's kind of touching on everything that I feel like I need. So to your point, that was a different cost and time investment. right? But I was very clear about you know, I don't, I don't want to patty cake with this. I want to be able to serve people in a meaningful, tangible way. So I need some additional intel that will take me forever and ever on man to YouTube and buy a course from this person and a course from that person. And like you said, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But right. I needed to find someone that was kind of jamming in my same vein and, you know, build something meaningful despite a different space, but along the lines of where I wanted to be. So you're absolutely right. And a lot of people are afraid to do that. And I use the analogy of most people have insurance on their cell phones. You have health insurance. No one wants to pay car insurance, but you're certainly glad you have car insurance if someone hits your car. <laughs> what right. have, What have you done to fortify your career growth? Usually mm. people are quiet, but you want to advance and you want to earn more money. I get it. Most people do. But how are you going about doing that? And usually there's no strategy. And I believe that you want to be both strategic and intentional if you want to advance.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So it's it's more than just putting out the intention and atmosphere. It's really about doing the work that applies to making sure that this manifests. (laughs) Absolutely. it's like it's deeper than that. So my question to you, having said all of this, who is your ideal can your ideal customer? I would say
1: sure. My ideal, and I and I call them clients, Kim, because I'm relational, clients. not transactional. Mm. I would mm. say the ideal person is the motivated individual. And actually, I need to give a shout out to my client who's in the oil industry. Doesn't consider himself a professional because it's a blue collar (laughs) position, but he's a six figure earner. Um, Mm -hmm. And he shared with me and I had to take it under advisement that, you know, some people might not resonate with the word professional because they don't feel like they are professional. So I changed Mm -hmm. it to, I serve motivated individuals who Mm. want to increase their compensation, advance their careers and improve self-confidence. I had a client push back and say, well, my, my confidence is fine. And then we talked about where her pain points were in her career growth. And I said, so that demonstrates a lack or deficiency in professional self-confidence, which means mm. the articulator statement is accurate. Right. So I want to serve people where they feel like they're deficient or I can't seem to move the needle or the C-suite or whatever the goal is seems inaccessible. Well, maybe that's just perception and there's some work and some positioning that is required because to simply say you want something today is not, that's not going to be enough. Not going right. to be enough. So the motivated right. individual who's willing to do the work, um, I love to share that I don't, and you you said it already, Kim, I don't build the house for you. and. Right. With respect to all the other coaches, this is just me about me. You can get sticks and Elmer's glue and build a house, or you can come over here and get cement and marble <laughs> and build your heck of a house. It's up to you. I'm not right. going to build, but I will facilitate the build. Because if I do all the right. work, right. then I just continue to enable you not to stand up and have the tough talks at work. Not be able to quantify your value when it's time to have a different money conversation. So I actually would be doing a disservice if I did all the work.
0: Right. And the reality is, you know, you can't live someone else's life. So you have to step back. And it's just like our parents in a way, where our parents can do all the parenting and set us up for success, but we're the ones that actually have to take what we've learned and apply it.
1: Amen. Exactly. Exactly. You know, perfect analogy. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's the same thing. Like, you know, our parents, they love us and they want the best for us. And, you know, some of our parents would even go even further to try to have certain conversations for us or to be in certain positions for us because they truly do want to see us thrive and, you know, soar and do all the great things. But the reality is that they cannot. So we have to Take everything, and we have to know, you know, how to quote unquote man or woman up, correct, and have those difficult conversations and do the work and get the results that we want. Exactly, there's no other way to do
1: it. This is really (laughs) where the rubber meets the road, Kim. You know, like, okay, honeymoon phase Mm -hmm. is over, time to get to work, and then you really get to see just how much the I hate to use the term pain points, um, but you know, I, I, for example, I have my clients conduct, um, they have to complete a SWOT analysis before they can work with me. And what was interesting is I didn't, I just, I want to share this for the listeners to get this and I encourage everyone to do that. I had asked a client to complete a SWOT analysis. I need four characteristics in each quadrant, return the SWOT analysis analysis before our first session. When she returned it, 80% of the SWAT was about personal attribute and not professional. Hmm. Yeah. And not professional. Although the reason she wanted to meet is she or work with me is she was working 60 hours a week with a master's degree and driving Uber. And without knowing anything about her, I said, something's off. Right. That just should not be. Let, let's chat. So what the experience taught me. So when I first received it back, I said, oh, shoot, I didn't. I didn't think I needed to, my naivety, my fault, specify a professional SWAT. but what was interesting is because it was primarily made up of personal attributes, that actually taught me who's showing up on the professional side. Right. So this is also not reason why that your career hasn't advanced, because this is a person that shows up that's saying things like, I don't think that... I can earn this amount of money. I don't think I'm worth it. I, I don't think I have great vernacular. So all of these non-professional elements, but that's who shows up at work. So it was actually mm. a gift to me because it taught, okay, wow, there's there's a dual element here. So 100% of the work I do literally is mindset. So it's first um, showing people what's possible mm-hmm. because it typically comes, when there's a frustration. So I just wanted to share that. Right. Yeah. Right. That everybody that's does actually, <laughs> I, I'm like, that's
0: actually amazing that you do that because I wouldn't have even thought usually you think SWAT analysis, I think of business.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's how I've <laughs> always used them until I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it in this in this consultant space in They have been golden because then the clients get to watch themselves develop or advance through the quadrants where, you know, Mm -hmm. there may be a weakness. And at best, let's neutralize that so that at least it's moving towards a strength and maybe you're still working on it. But we're not three months in and it's still a weakness.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. So and again and again, you know, that's another way. For re-emphasizing that these are things that you can't necessarily pull from the Instagram posts, right? This you is this goes exactly. back to <laughs> exactly. why doing the work with with a human resource would be the better fit. Because again, there's so there's but so much that you can get when you are going the DIY way. Correct. Sometimes you really do need to hone in on someone's expertise and someone that is going to come in and say, hey, let's do the SWOT analysis and have you thinking. And then that's able to reshape the way that you're looking at yourself. Correct. And to rethink the way that you view yourself and get you going in the direction you really want to go. So it it's all working back to why it's more of a necessity versus a nice to have, I would think, especially for those that are frustrated by their current circumstances and that are ready for that next level and they just need some guidance. I think that Having an actual coach is the better way to go (laughs) Um, versus just using Instagram as your coach.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, I couldn't agree more, and I'm my own testimony behind that. So, (laughs) yeah,
0: I'm like, you know, this is this is one of the things that I'm realizing that right now, you know, a lot of us are spending so much time on social media, but I still believe that everything cannot be found on social media. And some people will disagree with me. They'll sure. debate me and be like, here, I can find X, Y, and Z. And that's awesome. But to me, you can't take away human interaction. Correct. You know, it's the experience. there's nothing. That's right. Yeah. You cannot. There's nothing
1: that is going to ever replace it, you can. in my opinion. No, absolutely, you cannot. And, and Kim, if you would just indulge me to speak to Um, anyone in your community that may be an entrepreneur or desires to be an entrepreneur. like We're seeing a lot of imposter syndrome. First of all, imposters are real and imposter syndrome can be real if you let it. But I use the hamburger analogy. There are some people that like McDonald's and there's some people that like Five Guys, but they're both selling hamburgers. But I like the experience and the taste over here. So we can't be, we can't freak out And I mean, you want to be wise and and protect your intellectual property and so forth. But we can't be frozen to the point that I'm not going to move because someone will steal my content or they're copying or someone else is already doing it. But it's not you. It's not your story. It's not your delivery style. And some people will resonate with you. Going back to the burger situation. Some people want Five Guys. Some people want McDonald's. And the truth of the matter is, if a person can only move when I move, then you're a copycat, not an imposter, you're a copycat. Because by the time I drop that, I've already five steps ahead. You just saw that today, but I'm five steps ahead. So it's the you factor. I know that sounds corny and cliche, but Kim, it is the absolute truth in every Mm -hmm. space, right? Some people drive Hondas, some people drive drive Toyotas. We're all loyal, if you will, to something for specific reasons, so we all have our own sauce and it's just being comfortable and feeling like your sauce is unique enough.
0: Exactly. So exactly. And and that's the thing. Everyone's going to do what they're, they're going to go based on whatever their preference is, which is mm-hmm. what makes us all unique and great because mm-hmm. there's never going to be a one size fits all. However, Correct. it's always good again to, in my opinion, have that human interaction where you can say, hey, these are some of the things I'm thinking about and then have someone kind of talk and walk you through it. And then also point in some other options that you may not have even considered.
1: Exactly. Think and can, to your helps. point about yeah, that can, relying, keeps things fresh. Absolutely. And, and to your valuable point of solely relying on, you know, a piece of a course here, I watched a live video there. Right. It's, it's really and you may get the how to right this is how you create a beautiful ebook in Canva but if you have self doubt about limited vocabulary or i don't have any imagery vision to make the book pretty you know those videos and trainings aren't going to help you work through those pieces that will actually prevent you from really taking the steps that you want so hate yeah you know, I really don't want to belabor it but it's so true and you said it I follow you on Instagram and you said mm-hmm. something this week about you differentiated the difference between coaches and mentors and I thought that was so profound that you defined and broke that out because at some point everyone has to get serious and say okay where do I want to go where do I want to be where am I now and what am I right. willing to do right right Right. So absolutely. And you have to be willing. You have to be willing. And I
0: think that that's that's something that many people don't realize, but you do have to be willing because it's going to require you to do work. Correct. <laughs> so. correct.
1: No, correct. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't I can't work. do it for you. I can facilitate the work, but I'm gonna need you to come on the field with a hard hat so we can get to work.
0: Exactly. Absolutely.
1: And you mentioned something
0: that I hadn't even thought of, mm-hmm. but as you said it around salary, yes. I was wondering, is now a good
1: time for people to consider negotiating their salaries? Absolutely. There's never a bad time to Mm -hmm. negotiate a salary because money is a measure of justice. When an organization hires a person, they are hiring you to perform a function or provide a service. So the company is bringing you in with an expectation. So it would be remiss to me not to have a fair and equitable conversation about how I should be compensated based on the ask. Mm -hmm. So this is never a bad time. I think we're a lot of I shouldn't say I think my experience has taught me that many professionals in Kim. I've served clients from, you know, someone's child at the church. They got their first full-time job at $40,000 and like, yes, I'm a baller. I'm going to get a BMW in an apartment tomorrow on $40,000. And then to a client that earns $900,000 and negotiation, negotiating compensation can be very uncomfortable for people because they don't understand how to quantify their value. So you want to do that prior to having the money discussion so that the takeaway For the most part, I I can't speak for everyone, but for the most part, the takeaway is the employer is not going to sit down and have a disrespectful or what I like to call patty cake conversation about compensation because I've already demonstrated through my resume and our verbal engagement called an interview that I can address one or more things. I can identify a problem, solve a problem, expedite to solution. Increase revenues or save on operating expenses. My resume and my conversation should say all that. Mm
0: -hmm. So that when we Mm -hmm. get to that
1: step, we're having a meaningful conversation. Because I talk to primarily uh, 90% of everyone I work with is above the six-figure range. And Mm -hmm. 90% of them are unhappy with their compensation. And then when I start asking my exploratory questions, well, there was no real conversation around compensation, or Glassdoor said that the salary should be this, or I know someone that works here, and they told me it should be that. Mm. And I I don't have to take issue with either of those, but every company is not using outside external evaluators to determine what their compensation is for their company. They're looking at fair market value, internal equity, you know, there are other qualifiers. So if you're depending on that, you could actually leave money on the table. I've oh, worked wow. with people that have left. Yes, I've worked with people that have left money on the table. And I was talking to one wow. client a few months ago, and he said, oh, well, I said this and ABC, and I get a little motherly. I'm working on it, Kim. But I said to him, I said, absolutely not. That's an additional $45,000. So you're going to hang up for me, call <laughs> the recruiter back, and you're going to say the following. <laughs> And uh, right. he called me back and said, Candace, I actually got $50,000 more. But wow. this is, yeah, this is absolutely a great time. It's how you go. Again, it's strategy. Mm-hmm. But most people are afraid, like, heaven forbid, if I say anything about money, they might throw me out with a pink slip. And usually people feel that way, Kim, are people that don't have the tools to quantify why this is my weight in gold. This is why it's here. Mm. So, yeah.
0: Right. Right. That actually is great advice and great to know because there are so many people that are thinking if I talk about this, I might get, you know, the can or it may become uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. And I definitely don't want to be that person that (laughs) rocks the boat. Exactly. But the reality is, like you're saying, this is what. You know, decision makers, they do this on a regular. they're they're exactly. looking through numbers and they're crunching them to make sure numbers make sense to them. So why can't you make it make sense for you?
1: Exactly. and the other and the other secret, Kim, is there's always some extra money in the bank, if you know what I mean. Uh, and, so they'll give you a range. Uh, so that's one one thing about my storied career is I tell people that I've almost occupied every seat at the Thanksgiving table. You know having been a staffer (laughs) recruiter director and so on and so forth that i know for a fact that there's always more money in the bank but again it goes back to how you set yourself up to have that piece of the conversation and many professionals do not so they walk away and if you're underemployed unemployed or distressfully employed then you're operating from a pain point and there's no way you can negotiate objectively. There's no way because your pain point right. is taking you on your side. Right. I just need to secure the bag. Well, mm-hmm. I just need to secure a bag. Right. 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 So a you, bag. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then you walk away like, Oh, I really needed to earn more or I probably could have gotten more. And it's not all about money, Kim, but I do believe right. in closing that out, it, that money is a measure of justice. So it's not unfair ask for what is equitable for you and what you're expected to contribute to the organization who's going to make revenue off of your contributions so this is a fair exchange conversation
0: right right it's a fair exchange yeah i'm telling you i'm like things that make you go Hmm. candace is there any final advice that you have for listeners
1: um any final advice um i just a few things i believe Uh, whether or not people have to or want to always be prepared to pivot. We've seen Mm -hmm. 2020 teach us that pivot is real, right? Um, I believe that at a minimum, everyone should have a mentor, identify a mentor, secure a mentor, and then give back. You should be a mentor because everyone, no matter where we are, has enough to give somebody else right now. Right. Right. So I think that those... Things are pretty pivotal, pivotal, and even if not looking to transition, I feel good. I feel confident. That's totally fine. An old CEO taught me when I was brand new in the professional world that never turned down a great conversation. So I'm sure you, same with you, Kim. You get emails through LinkedIn and you know other connections. Mm-hmm. So are you looking? And I saw your resume. Da 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 da. So even if I'm not looking. I don't turn down a conversation because I don't know what opportunity. My network is very diverse. And that would be my third point um, to create a diverse network.
0: That is a big one. Yes. I will definitely yes. say absolutely. that's a big one. That
1: is going mm-hmm. to pay, uh, and I mean pay kind of across the board in value, major, major dividends. Major dividends. Mm-hmm. So absolutely diversify your circle. Um, mentorship. And just in the, I think the final, final will be um, to be intentional. I think, I know I have thrown that word around kind of like, you know, cornflakes and milk, but really, really standing behind, being intentional and purposeful about what I contribute, my professional self-care and also understanding my value should accompany because the companies are external to us, right? We don't own them. Uh, we own right. our businesses we don't own our companies that if they decide to go in a different direction that i don't immediately panic and when we see panic we see panic from people who have no plan right
0: right so
1: right. yeah
0: no sadly no plan and sometimes no bank either right well, so. it,
1: well kim you know i was going to say that but that's part of the plan right you've <laughs> <'Cause it's> been <laughs> yeah. here 20 years and i if i miss one check it's going to be shipwrecked well that's that's part of the plan that needs to be right. addressed.
0: Right. So true. Yeah. And thank you so much, Candice. But the last question I have for you okay. is, what are you manifesting?
1: What am I manifesting? Kim, I believe I am manifesting my, you talked about dream job earlier. And I'm manifesting my dream, which is working it. towards full-time entrepreneurship what fills my cup is the thought of serving people in a meaningful tangible way and partnering with those whose philosophies align with mine
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm manifesting that every day with connecting with people like you you know we share a different industry space we're both influencers we have some personal things in common you know i look at your page and i'm like oh yeah so just being very intentional about even, you know, connecting with you and having an offline conversation. That was me being intentional. I just kind of felt, I don't want to say energy, but I'm not sure what to say. But like, you know, I really <laughs> I like really like her vibe. Let's connect. Right. So just right. really, really being intentional in every space of my life. And with respect to the collateral devastation of COVID-19, my family and friends have been hit as well that it's been a uniquely exciting time in my mm-hmm. life because we can say we're going to do things and I'll get to it and so on and so forth. And 2020 has truly taught us, we say it, but literally, you know, do it, do it if you're going to do it. Time is not promised. Right. You can see that. Jobs, people have lost homes. 40 million people lost jobs in the first quarter. I just saw an article a couple weeks ago that said, sixty percent of current professionals want to switch industries. And again, Kim, that's an area I can serve. Many people right. don't know how. Your skill set is transferable. How into the but how do I do that? So absolutely.
0: Yeah. Right. How do I show how do I show up in an industry that I'm considering but I have no idea what they're even looking for. How do I reword exactly. some exactly. of the things that I'm doing? You got it. Yeah, Kim. that's exactly. a big one. That's exactly. a big one. Wow. Got well, thank you so much, Candice. Thank this you, Kim. This was amazing. so fun. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And I definitely believe listeners appreciate you as well. So again, thanks for joining Mana Manifest. And before we go, listeners, this is a message for you. Definitely share this podcast, leave a review, connect with Candice on all socials that are listed in the show notes to stay connected. I'm sure she welcomes any DMs or emails, so don't be afraid to send her a note and just let her know that you agree with what she's saying, you need her help, or ask any questions that you may have. Absolutely. So, um, I'm like everyone, you have met Candace now, so Candice is now within your network, right? That's absolutely (laughs) building the network. Exactly, building the network. And that's why we have these conversations. So thank you again, Candice. And until next time, let's Manifest. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kim. Thanks for listening to the Manifest podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Share this with your family. Share this with your friends. Share this with your colleagues. Just share this with your entire community and until next time, let's manifest.